Hey, I'm your host, Sean Saxon. Welcome back to the Create Stuff Podcast. A few things before I get started, I promise I'll keep this short. These episodes are usually streamed live, but this one was not at the guest request. However, if you would like to see them when they are recorded live, definitely follow me on Twitch in the link in the description. It really helps me out a ton. Also, if you'd like to support the Create Stuff Podcast, please leave a like, comment, and subscribe. That seriously helps me more than you can imagine. But if you want to go a little bit further, my Patreon is linked in the description. Just a dollar a month does a lot for me. Like, seriously, it is immensely helpful. No pressure, though. I completely get it if you can't. Just you watching this is enough support. Also, I've recently started another podcast called SCP Authors Anomalous. You should go check it out. It's about the SCP Foundation. I read off SCP works with their authors, and we talk about them. Um, that actually highly relates to this episode of the podcast, considering I'm interviewing an author on the SCP Wiki, and he may be appearing on that at some point, so you should really go check it out. One last thing. I would highly recommend you go check out Random and I's work, The Cool War, before you listen to this podcast. It is an incredible series of writing of tales on the SCP Wiki. You don't need knowledge of the SCP Foundation to get into it, I don't think, but it is amazing. It's one of my favorite works of fiction ever, and frankly, I'm super happy I'm having him on to finally get to talk about it, because I've been a fan of this for a really long time. But um, I will warn you, if you do want to do that, that it does have some uh, themes in it, which may be disturbing to some audiences, and it is very graphic at some points. So if that worries you or you don't think you'd enjoy that, I 100% understand. This uh, podcast does talk about it and get into those themes a little bit, but that's not until way later in the episode, and there is a warning before we start getting into that more. So don't worry about that too much. If you want to keep listening to this and just stop at that point, feel free. You will enjoy it, all of the stuff leading up to that, I am sure. But yeah, with that out of the way, uh, oh, uh, one last thing. Um, there's a little bit in here where we actually read out something from um, the Cool War, and I had my wonderful friend W, who was a voice actor for Lemanberg the Musical, come on and uh, help me out with the reading. You should go check out Lemanberg the Musical, and you should go check out W himself. Link is in the description to anything I can find that he uh, is at. And with that out of the way, please enjoy this episode of the Create Stuff Podcast. Oh, I would also recommend you check out DJ Cactus's episode of the podcast, which I think is coming out before this one, unless something goes horrifically wrong. But thank you, and enjoy. Welcome back to the... Hold on a moment. <laughs> I'm afraid my garage door opener has begun, and I don't really want that coming through my audio. Uh, I'm actually visiting home at the moment, so there are some bits of... Hello, everyone, and welcome to Top Gear. Today, we're reviewing garage door opening sounds. <laughs> Oh, well, you made a joke. Now I have to leave this in. <laughs> I'm Jeremy Clarkson. And we're going to shove the other people who... I don't... I. What are the names of the other people who host Top Gear? I don't know what Top Gear is. I'm sure if I knew more about Top Gear, I could tell a joke that neither of us would understand. <laughs> Welcome back to the 12th episode of the Creative Stuff Podcast. Today, I am joined by a writer on the SCP Wiki, Randomini. Not how it's pronounced, but okay. Uh, I was worried about that. I have pronounced your name wrong in so many different ways. This is how I start like almost every episode of this podcast. It's pronouncing the that's, guest name wrong. That's fair. I, I actually, um, yeah, I, I actually hosted a podcast called uh, "How to Pronounce Randomized Name," um, <laughs> which took a while to to see some uh, some adoption by the greater community, but uh, eventually after many many hours days even of recording um i never posted it so <laughs> overall a waste of time awesome super happy to hear that <laughs> so how do you actually pronounce it randomini randomini 
I think I think Cactus actually told me this in detail, and I just forgot all of it. Oh, good. During our I I have I have definitely drilled it into his head. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I I could hear the I could hear the um well I could hear the PTSD in his voice. Oh yeah, absolutely horrifying. No, I, I've definitely carved it into his skull, in a <laughs> metaphorical and literal, but also kayfabe literal way. It's 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 okay. one of those it's one of those things where there's a degree of separation between reality and the meta reality of people playing up their personas, um, where it's sort of like, and I would definitely say, oh god, I'm already getting into stuff. We haven't even done the introduction properly. <laughs> <sighs> Should we start again? We just take it from the top. <laughs> keep 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 none of this. Keep none of this except for that last time where I just said keep none of this. <laughs> sure, sure, one hundred percent. I actually that's kind of convenient for me. Actually, no, never mind. Um, yeah, no, or I'm, 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 keep I'm, all of it. <laughs> I everyone, am considering. Everyone can we'll be completely see. confused by the chaos that has ensued. <laughs> it it still would not be as chaotic as my episode with Public Spam Account where they talked about cheese for thirty minutes straight. Without giving me a single moment to interject or stop them, I don't think I'll be that bad. I don't think I'll be. I that hope bad. not. God, that depends. Depends what the topic is. Three hours and thirty to. minutes. <laughs> if it, oh God! All right. Well, I'm not. We'll see. I'm not an expert on cheese, but if you get onto the wrong topic, you will definitely discover what I'm an expert at. Oh God! <laughs> well, I'm both terrified and very excited to find out what that'll end up being. Uh, okay. Do okay. Just in case. Let's actually redo the intro in case I decide this isn't usable. But there's a very yes. high chance I will just leave all of this in without like, <laughs> editing it at all. Just yep. letting you know. Because no, that, <laughs> this is kind of funny. Okay. Uh, hey, well, welcome back to the 12th episode of the Create Stuff Podcast. Today, my guest is Random and I. Yes. Oh, so, I, I mean, that's not news to me. I'm already here. I, I didn't know that I was... I thought the audience was supposed to clap or respond. Well, if you are at home right now and you're not clapping, you're you're doing this completely wrong and you're ruining the entire podcast. I, I can't, hope you're 100% I can't hear aware. them. They're not clapping loud enough. Yeah, you guys aren't clapping loud enough. Clap louder, please. Or no matter what time you're listening enough. to this to. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well... <laughs> <laughs> today my guest is Random and I, a writer on the SCP Wiki. Hi. <laughs> this is terrible. Oh yeah. <laughs> all all of this is going it. in, isn't it? <laughs> oh, almost certainly. There's like no chance I take any of this out. Cause, cause I might that, honestly take thing. out a little bit of the doing I, I, I got the spiel about like, you know, oh, don't, don't worry about the ums and ahs. We'll cut out all the dead air. Very first thing I do, <laughs> you know, 10 full seconds of dead air when introduced. <laughs> I cannot wait to edit this. This is gonna be this is gonna be something. I might cut out the new intro. I'm not even sure yet. <laughs> Whatever. Let's do, just... <laughs> do, do, we, do we want to take it from the top again? No, God, please! I just start the podcast. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sean Saxum's version of the Cactus Cast. <laughs> oh God, really? Okay, you're you're really welcome going back to, to Cactus Crate Cast stuff, now? That ancient the, relic. Uh, the review show where we discuss the latest in crates and shipping technology. I'll be your host, Sean Saxon, and with me today is Randomini. Randomini, please introduce yourself. Hello, I'm I'm Randomini. I write stuff. 
Man, that that is the perfect amount of dead air after having said that. You're doing a, <laughs> a spot-on depiction of what I did. Welcome to the Dead Air Podcast. You can put this on in the background and we won't disturb you at all. Perfect for when you're working. Also, this will be filled with ads. Feel free to just mute the tab. It's fine. Just give us do your you, money, please. Do you know about that album? I, I forget what band put it out, but it was entirely very short tracks to play on Spotify, so they got the maximum amount of advertising revenue. And they just asked <laughs> all their fans to play it 24-7. Um, I have, to, I've to, never to fund heard of that. I, oh, I, I can't remember. I can... I can look it up and link you after the fact, but it's uh, it's it's pretty well known because it was entirely, hey, let's swindle Spotify to uh, to fund our next tour, and it worked. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! Definitely send that to me. That is that sounds perfect. Love that. <gasps> okay, how about we actually get started with asking some questions, huh? Yeah, yeah. All right. So you want to tell us like, uh, what what's going? Who are you? What are, what are you doing? What's going on with you? Oh, God, I wish I knew what I was doing. <laughs> I wish I knew what was going on with me. Um, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So I'm Randall and I. Um, I wrote a few things for the SCP Wiki back in the day. Probably Cool War is my most famous thing. I wrote a few SCPs. Um, Inside, I think, is probably my most popular SCP that I've written, which is basically just a, um abstract metaphysical construct um but, 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 i started a big project called acidverse which i promptly abandoned when i realized that it wasn't sufficiently interesting for me to continue doing it and much like all the best authors in the history of writing i have many many projects which i have started and then abandoned and then retroactively pretended that intentionally abandoning it was the joke that i had intended from the beginning but it wasn't. And in reality, I just start a lot of things that I never finish. <laughs> I feel you there. I uh, I have a great mountain of projects I have begun and never finished, never will finish. That many well, of my guests it's, are... It's Sisyphean. Like, you're, you're pushing the rock up the hill and then it just falls back down again because then you've got to start the next thing. Exactly, exactly. There's another more interesting rock right over there. And another mm. one after that. And at some point, you're just fun. left to throwing pebbles up a hill, and then everyone asks, why are you throwing pebbles up a hill? As if to rage against the gods of gravity. <laughs> you sound you sound very much like how you write, I will say. <laughs> Unsurprisingly to me. Okay, well, uh, uh, I honestly... Okay, so DJ Cactus's interview was supposed to precede this one, uh, and he was supposed to be the guy who gives like the overview of what the SCP Wiki is. And then we were going to go a little bit more in-depth, specifically about your work more than uh, talking about the SCP Wiki itself. But, Cactus, I I recorded the first interview, first part of that interview with Cactus. uh, I can make this joke now. I recorded the first part of that interview last year. And um, it has, (laughs) we have tried to re-record many, many times, and there's been always something that comes up, which is also very, uh, it's always something very understandable for the record. So what you're telling me is, I sniped Cactus for pole position in this. You might because... have. I honestly am not sure. Like, if I can get oh. an interview with Cactus really soon, I might still put that one first so people know oh. the SCP Wiki. No, okay. H- here's the thing. Like... If I do, if I do a better description of the SCP Wiki than Cactus does, then you've got to put mine first. <laughs> I don't know if I want to ask both of you, both of you to describe the SCP Wiki. It sounds a little bit redundant. I'm not gonna lie. Well, well the thing is, <laughs> you're almost certainly going to get some very different responses from each of us. Right, because we have very different opinions and perspectives about the whole thing. That is very true. That is very, very true. 
You know what? Okay. I, I mean, think it, it, I will it's, say. I reckon, like, all those people you interviewed about the Dream SMP, if you were to ask each of them what the Dream SMP is, almost certainly you would get very different responses from each person. That is very if, true. If, if you were to... So, so the, the SCP wiki could be characterized as urban fantasy, or, you know, horror fiction, or all these different things, and ultimately it's all of them. <laughs> Fundamentally, it's a fan fiction community where all the fan fiction is written about other fan fiction. It's fan fiction oh, you're all the way down. The now. Like it's, <laughs> and and it's one of those interesting places where because it is all collaborative, there's a degree to which anyone can step in and introduce new things to the universe, and then other people will adopt them and change them in ways that you know you wouldn't have even thought of, or wouldn't have liked to have done, but nobody can stop those people from doing that. Um, and so you get all these different takes. It's it's a degree to which it's exploring variations on a theme. Um, okay. And you want to explain, like, uh, to a much more basic level what the SCP Wiki is? Okay. So the SCP Wiki was originally uh, developed from a very intentional uh, contravention of copyright where someone decided it would be funny... <laughs> to take a photograph which had been copyrighted of a um, very obscure statue and pretended that it lived in a puddle of shit and blood and <laughs> killed people. Um, and no one let the uh, original creator of that sculpture know about it. So over the next couple of years, a whole bunch of other people um, decided to pretend a bunch of other pre-existing copyrighted works had uh, some kind of uh, horrifying historiography associated with them. Um, none of this was true, uh, but that wasn't clear. A lot of people actually thought that there was um, a, a sculpture which a Japanese artist had made which was killing people. And, you know, there was a long and extended manhunt for this man who had developed this, uh, you know, semi-autonomous weapon um, trying to pass it off as art. And, you know, th there was a lot of outcry. And so it it's interesting as well because Japan... The, the, the artist is Japanese. I can't remember his name. Um, but it's interesting because Japan doesn't have a standing army. They have something called the Japanese Self-Defense Force. Um... Mm -hmm. And so they didn't really have the uh, the capacity to address this particular threat. And so what they did was they invented this um, collaboration of a whole bunch of different nations all getting together and pooling their resources called the Global Occult Coalition, um, who basically all got together and grabbed this particular statue. The problem was... Um, there was an existing organization called the Foundation, which caught it first, um, wrote up their documentation about this thing, and posted it on 4chan. Um, <laughs> after that, there was just a continuing series of information leaks about this organization, and that brings us to where we are today. So, so what you're saying, the SCP Foundation... You're implying that not just that the SCP Foundation is real, but that they are actually, like, posted the first SCP they ever caught on 4chan. Like, the yes. scientific files they wrote up. Yes. They just, they just put that on 4chan. Yes. Okay, I have two questions. Uh-huh. Well, well, the thing is, the thing is, we tried, they, they tried to submit it to Archive. Do you know Archive.org? It's where they submit uh, all of those academic papers for free open access. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the thing is, and I, I know this having personally attempted to submit work to the archive, 
that pretty much unless it's based in computer science, they don't take it. If it's computer science, you just get in. No one really bothers. No one really cares. No one even spell checks. Um, <laughs> whereas 4chan, in terms of being a collaborative platform for open science, um, the anonymity That's as well just is. facilitates a lot more citizen scientists to be able to contribute to um, ongoing scientific experiments. And so I, I just think it's a much better platform for that sort of thing. It's also outside the realm of the existing academic structure, which is something which, you know, o over time, um, industry has popped up and it's largely supplanted the uh, the academic sphere, which is more just focused on um, publishing papers rather than actually doing original work. So 4chan was the way to go. And uh, given the success of the SCP wiki, I think it was the right choice. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I think... Okay, I got, I'm not gonna lie. I thought our like times were off by a lot because you were in Australia, but it seems like it's actually because we live in completely different dimensions. But this is <laughs> what what the hell? Okay, all right. Well, yeah, sure. That's what the SCP Foundation, SCP Wiki, is. Everybody, it is real. It exists. I work there. I'm one of them. That's how it is. Right. Uh, yeah. And if you want to check out that SCP, it is SCP-173. If you want the, to the join original, the statue. If, if you want to join the SCP Wiki, the paramilitary organization where we will absolutely immediately give you a gun and badge, um, you should go to the SCP Wiki and uh, just jump right into the uh, the IRC chat and ask people what the password is. Um, just repeatedly do that for days upon days. Don't, don't read the help guides. Don't read how to actually join the Wiki. Just bug the staff nonstop until you wear them down. And they let you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go to uh, you go to site seventeen in the IRC chat wiki. That's where the staff are, like the staff help. And you just say, "Is the SCP re? Is the SCP Foundation real? It is." And real. they'll Why tell you, you no. They'll me? tell you no. But that's how you know that it's real. Because the thing is, yeah, yeah. if the SCP Foundation was real, they wouldn't tell you that, would they? So it's all exactly. it's all deep cover. Um, and, and the thing is, as well, they don't tell you this, but roleplay is actively encouraged um, on every single channel in that IRC. <laughs> so ev every single person in that IRC is pretending to be a writer for this uh, fictional metaverse, which is, again, p part of their deep cover for the actual, real, legitimate um, foundation, which shoots guns and, and kills people. Um, yeah. yeah, that's what they do. So if you want to join a, uh, a writing roleplay server, um, go go check that one out for sure. Yep, yep. There you go. That's uh, shall, shall we uh, begin the exactly interrogation? Ah uh, yes, yes. I'm I'm very excited for this. Very excited. Please remember, if you answer anything that is uh, not to my not to my liking, we will release SCP six eighty two. Uh, yeah, not like specifically on you, just in general. I think it'd be kind of funny. Yeah, I mean um, that, that that's just Thursdays, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He needs to get out for you walkies. Know. Yeah, walkies, walkies. You take him, uh, take him on a nice little, little walk around, um, around a site without a leash yeah. or anybody actually watching him. You know, well, but that's it's, how it's you start to all gradually socialize things. him. You know, get him used to people. Um, you know, people are friends, not food, as it were. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It usually he's not work. He's not well, learned it he yet. Start somewhere. But you know, w with a few more years, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll realize the hang of it. Yeah, yeah, the casualties aren't that bad. We can afford to lose a couple D-class, a uh, few, few researchers, yep. junior researchers, scientists, O5 well, council members, you know, not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's, that's why they coined the phrase acceptable losses. 
Um, exactly, exactly. And, and, then, and then later, after coining the phrase acceptable losses, the word loss uh, meant more generally um, things which could be lost and were bad. Because acceptable losses were all that exist prior to that. And then it's like, mm, there are some things which are unacceptable losses, and then it became kind of a genericized term. Like Play-Doh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just as the ethics community... Uh, community? Just as the ethics committee wanted it to be. Mm. God, okay, I'm going to start asking questions now. I hope that everybody from the SCP Wiki, who might be listening to this, especially considering I've started another podcast specifically related to the SCP Wiki, which you should go check out, SCP Office Anomalous. Uh, I hope everybody listening to this who is from the Wiki uh, absolutely hates both of us and this episode already. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if they've read everything that I've written and don't hate me, I haven't done my job. Exactly. Very, very true. I actually can, like, barely stand you. The, the hate just grew and grew with every article I read. Just made me more interested to figure out why you are doing these sick, sick things. Well, the, the thing is, if I can get people to hate me, then when I suffer, they'll enjoy it. And so ultimately, I want to make other people happy. And so by writing terrible, terrible things, when they hate me, and then something terrible happens to me, it in you know, induces joy in their uh, their happiness senses in their brain bits. <laughs> right, exactly. You're truly, truly a man of the people. Well, the, the, there's a reason that the suffering artist is such a trope. It's because most artists recognize that the more that they suffer, the more people are happy. You think people actually like Vincent Van Gogh's art? No, it's garbage. The reason that everyone <laughs> is a big fan of it is because they look at Vincent Van Gogh's life and it fucking sucked. And they're like... Well, at least I didn't paint as shittily as that guy. But on the bright side, he had a terrible and very short life where he was never really understood by his peers. Which is ultimately what every artist wants. They want to pretend that they want to be understood while not being understood. And I think I think that's just the point of art. Yeah, completely agreed. And if you're an artist and you're not doing that, you're doing it wrong and you're fake. Frankly. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people say there's no wrong way to do art. Um, but in reality, there's only one right way to do art, and there are many, many wrong ways. And exploring all of the different wrong ways to do art is a major component of what the modern art world is. I mean, we've already got good art. We don't need more good art in the world. You could just copy-paste the Iliad over and over and over again if we wanted more good art in the world. No. We're exploring on the fringes of the shittiest possible art, um, just for the sake of uh, novelty and masochism, really. Yeah, and that's why on this episode of the podcast, I will be reducing the audio quality as much as I possibly can, and making it so the audio levels rise and lower in an unrecognizable pattern. Mm. J just overlay a few sinusoids, uh, a city soundscape in the background, um, mm, have like three channels in there for some reason, left, right, and bonus. Um, <laughs> perhaps a director's commentary channel, which plays simultaneous to the other channels. Uh, making it completely indecipherable to anyone who hasn't manually gone in to edit the file and separate them out. Yeah, yeah. Here's a here's a lawnmower and an airplane too, mm. um, and it kind of sounds like they're fighting each other. So that's like a, that's a side thing you can enjoy if you're not enjoying the actual podcast. Just imagine what's actually going on with those two. Mm. Trust me, it's very very interesting if you use your imagination. It's called the theater of the mind. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> My favorite way to play Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, mm. how about we ask actual questions now? We're we're uh, twenty-two minutes yeah, in. No, awesome. you're, you're, you're right. We should get into questions. So, how did you get into podcasting? God, don't do this to me. <laughs> don't, don't do what? 
<laughs> I swear to God, this is this is this is this is gonna be an episode. How did you get involved in the SCP wiki? Um, oh gosh. So I I genuinely cannot remember. I think I might have stumbled across references to it on the website TV Tropes. Um, mm-hmm. so for anyone unfamiliar with TV Tropes, it's a website which documents um, commonalities in media. Um and just sort of uh, recurring elements which are useful to identify and decompose media into um, its constituent parts. And so it's something where, um, to go on a bit of a tangent, I think that reading TV tropes is very valuable for anyone who's looking to be a writer, both in terms of understanding the uh, constituent bricks by which you can construct a narrative. Um, There's a reason that those kinds of turns, those kinds of Uh, rhythmic cues are very consistent between different um, stories and TV Tropes is essentially the dictionary of narrative as far as I'm concerned Um, Mm -hmm. so I was on TV Tropes and I saw repeated references I think to uh, different SCPs and I discovered the site and from there I started reading them quite a lot Um, the articles didn't engage me quite as much as the stories and I always found the stories interesting Um, the tales you mean? yeah 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 um, well, I mean, t- tales is the specific jargon for telling stories which aren't in the uh, the traditional SCP structure. Though now we have the um, group of interest stories as well, so I guess that's not entirely true. Um, uh, ignore my dogs. I will cut that part. No, 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 no don't, 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 don't cut it. Don't cut it. Keep it. Let's listen. <laughs> and in, in fact, if you can like, if you can normalize your audio around that so that you capture the dogs. And if you play the sound of those dogs back when we were talking about having all of the really distracting audio, I think that would be perfect. Or, if you edit none of this, and we just acknowledge the fact that that happened. Yeah, yeah, I think that's actually a good idea. That's uh, that's probably what we'll go with. This is going to be a I, nightmare to edit. I, 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 well, I feel as though, I feel as though it, th- there's two possibilities here. Either you're going to try and edit this entire episode and fall into a profound madness, or you're going to give up and the whole episode is going to be released completely unedited. Like, I'm, And I'm talking to the point of our audio on each end is just not going to be aligned whatsoever. So one of us is going to be talking to the other several seconds in the past. Well, I'm, I'm actually... <laughs> the, the thought occurs to me that I could just like grab the entire audio thing in audacity and by like a fraction of a second reduce the speed <laughs> i swear to god nothing stopping me and and then you'd have to not just align it but figure out what the fuck i had scaled it by <laughs> god that'd be horrible you could you could scale it by like 0.47 seconds slower. Yeah, and and just, and so it's oh. it will be perfectly aligned right at the start, and then just gradually, gradually it desynchronizes. Or even worse, I could select random chunks to speed up and slow down in a non-uniform way. Oh God, this is this is terrible. This is Th- this, this is, is the, this is the nature of adversarial collaboration. You know, adversarial I've, I've got to come up with. Okay, here's the thing, right? And. <laughs> 
this is again something that I've learned from the SCP wiki because the SCP wiki is fundamentally built, as far as I'm concerned, of adversarial collaboration. So you post something to the wiki, and everyone in response says, "This is garbage. Um, you haven't kept the format. You can't, you know, spell words correctly because, you know, in, in reality, you can spell words correctly, um, but you have intentionally misspelled words." I'm specifically talking about the many many people who try and edit my tale wowie go kill your cephal um <laughs> who for some reason don't seem to fathom the fact that the typos are intentional um and that that's not a joke so many people so many people have been like hey i'm gonna edit this and it's like no stop don't do that don't do that that is like actually impressive with a title like wowie go kill your cephal you'd think people would notice that like it, the and, obvious it's all lowercase and it's and it's just like people like surely surely this is something which i'm supposed to correct um (laughs) and no and and it's one of those things where especially as someone who enjoys intentionally doing wrong things for artistic purposes it is frustrating to have people miss it so profoundly and try and correct it but on the other hand that means they're getting it at one level lower than i was intending it and so it's like there's many layers of potential interpretation at play here so i don't i don't mind that much it's mostly funny at this point (laughs) okay that is actually something that is that something that still happens uh not so much not so much i think mostly because it's uh just sort of reached stability i think it was when it was when it was younger and when it was uh, a more recent article i think that people were more willing to try and edit it for those sorts of things I still had people edit my articles for like, oh, you know, you've, you know, j- just editing my words to Americanize them, which is somewhat frustrating, but ultimately that harmless. Sucks. Yeah, that is that is super annoying. I hate stuff like that. That's a, that's a one thing about the SCP wiki, though. It's like anybody can contribute. Anybody can edit stuff. Yeah. That, uh, thankfully, like, it's very constantly policed for, like, uh, stuff like that, trolling and things like that. So still annoying, yeah. though. I mean, it, it very much depends on the sort of thing that you are writing. Like, again, it's I feel as though I set myself up for frustration in this regard because the things I wrote about often intentionally used misspellings. So, mm-hmm. egg on my face, You're I very suppose. true. Yeah, you kind of did that to yourself. <laughs> well, uh, okay. So, just to, just to very briefly uh, claw my way out of the multiple levels of irony we are currently stooped in, uh, the SCP wiki itself... Just very quickly, I think this is going to come up before Cactus's interview because I'm not patient. Um, the SCP Wiki is a big creative collaborative writing project about like kind of a uh, thing with like so many different genres about this foundation, which is definitely real and definitely exists. That houses these things that should not exist that defy the laws of science for one reason or another. Starting with the statue, which when you close your eyes and when nobody is looking at it, it moves and it snaps your neck and kills you. Uh, this wiki has been around for over 10 years at this point. I think we we're like reaching 13 or we passed 13, something like that. And Randomini uh, wasn't, was an offer on all. What did you just call me, motherfucker? What did you just call me? Say my name again? Randomini? Yeah! I'm sorry! <laughs> I've been pronouncing okay, it as Randomini. From the top, for a from very the top explain time. all of that again, please. Okay, welcome back to the 12th episode name correctly of this Podcast. <laughs> the, S- the, the, the SCP Wiki, uh, it's um, uh, Randomini, Randomini, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, that'll do, that'll do. That, that's actually, 
that's how I describe the SCP wiki myself in as many words. So. Yeah, yeah. There's just a nice brief summary. I think is uh, always always well appreciated. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, sink back down into the sewage that uh, we are both currently sitting in. Um, and actually, sorry, I was gonna use some questions. Yep. So. Um, if you want to know more about what the SCP Wiki is, wait until my episode of Cactus comes out, or if you're listening to this far in the future, watch it if it has already come out. Hopefully, we actually eventually do the second part of the interview, and he actually responds to my DMs at some point, but, you know, that'll come eventually, probably, maybe. Um, could you tell me... Okay, so you've already mentioned Wowie, go kill your Cephal. Would you mind telling me just, like, what's going on with that, and what's what the cool war is? Because that's, uh... As far as I can see, that's like the big thing you did on the wiki, and also how I found you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, gosh, I'll, I'll, I'll give some context around when it was written. So, um, when I was writing for NaNoWriMo, which is the National Novel Writing Month, ironically for a nation which I do not reside in. Um, <laughs> so when I was writing a novel for NaNoWriMo, I was writing a novel called Pine Gap, which was a series of seemingly unrelated vignettes around um, a secretive facility in the Australian outback called Pine Gap. And this is a real facility. You can go look up its Wikipedia page. Um, it is a real place, and it's probably just uh, signals intelligence for Australia and the US in reality. But there is also a lot of conspiracy theories. It's essentially the Area 51 of Australia. And so I was writing various vignettes and one that i wrote um while we go kill yourself um sort of described an art exhibition where everything in the exhibition was deadly um and so if you were to actually interact with any of the exhibits they would almost certainly cause you physical harm or kill you um and this is something which i had been considering previously in, in terms of um making art which is specifically designed to be attractive but dangerous, um, which is just an element which I had considered interesting, um, and so I wrote that particular piece. And then I realized this could potentially fit on the SCP wiki. Um, so I, I tweaked it a little bit, just the ending with uh, Take Shower to be Cool sort of being the end, and there was a group of interest on the SCP wiki called um, Are We Cool Yet? which was written by, I think that was Smapty? I'm not 100% sure. Um, or it might have been Yorick. It was before my time that it came up. Um, but it was a bunch of fictional artists who were able to pretty much do magic um, and made art out of the fact that they could do magic. Um, and they weren't, they weren't super popular. There wasn't really... Um, a, a coherent storyline about them on the wiki and so I thought well I could sort of after I posted that story and it got some success I was like well I could potentially spin this off into a longer narrative and so I took um, elements of the narrative which I'd been intending for Pine Gap and to some extent repurposed them into Cool War um, and yeah I, I guess from there, I just kept writing stuff until it was done. It ended up taking a little bit over a month uh, to write all of Cool War. I think it ended up being mm -hmm. two or three, um, but I think it was it was worth the extra time to to get it as fleshed out as I wanted. Highly agreed. Yeah, um, the Cool War has been something like the Cool War is by by far my favorite work on the wiki itself. 
and also one of my favorite pieces of written work ever. I'm not trying to butter you up, by the way. I, I, just... I appreciate that. However, you have awful taste. I, I'm well aware, trust me. Uh, <laughs> but again, as, as, I, as I was saying before in that part that you now can't cut out so long as this reference stays in, you oh, just God. should have copied-pasted the Iliad over and over again if you wanted good art. Exactly. Very true. That actually is very, very true. Uh, I, I don't like the cool work because I think it's objectively good. It has its problems. Everything does. But yeah. I like it because I don't know. I'm just insane uh, or something. Or I've just read it so many times that at this point I can't even tell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, I'm very excited to have you on here to talk about that. I have read this, like, probably once every year since I, since I first read it the first time. Jeez, when did um, you first read it? Oh, I want to say it was, like, the beginning of high school for me, and I'm a freshman in college now. So, maybe, you, like, four you, you, times I think okay. I read it. Okay. Yeah, there, there, like are, it there are better things to read, you know. I do, I do, and I've read them, like, the Anti-Memetics Division... Uh, oh, I, I didn't. I didn't mean on the wiki. I, I meant like, like books, like books. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm well aware. I'm well aware, but I don't like good things. Good things bore me. I like bad things because then I can talk about them and how much I hate them. Well, the the thing is, the 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 influx or the advent of the reaction video has to some extent resulted in people not directly consuming the original content, but consuming people's regurgitated opinions about the content that they consumed. And That's so very true. it's sort of gradually become this this meta narrative. I mean let's plays as well, right? So it's the the original was you'd have reaction videos where it's like you'd take different demographics um, you know, old people, young people, uh, all sorts of different people, and see how they respond to things which are outside their typical wheelhouse. And then it was Let's Plays, where it's uh, typically someone giving comedic riffs over the top of uh, playing that media. And people started to engage more strongly with um, this kind of meta-media than they did with the original stuff. And the Dream SMP is actually an example of that, right? It's People are not engaging directly with playing Minecraft. There's certainly many people who are fans of the Dream SMP probably do. They are fans of that thing which is created with Minecraft. And then it goes into like uh, the whole background of Machinima, um, where it's sort of uh, Red versus Blue was sort of the, the big game changer in that regard um, in terms of producing media which was telling its own story, but within the constraints of the gameplay mechanics and systems. And so there's all these different elements of meta-consumption, um, and even ironic consumption, right? Like, you've got The Room, for example. You know The Room? I do not know The Room. So The, the Room is a film by Tommy Wiseau, um, which is incredibly popular because of how bad it is. Um, have you ever heard the phrase, You're tearing me apart, Lisa! I think I have. That, that is from The Room. And so The Room got extremely popular, not because it was good, but because it was so bad it's good. And this concept of art being so bad it's good is something which, you know, gradually feeds into ironic consumption of media. And at some point, I reckon we're going to pivot from, you know, 50 levels of irony deep to genuine, sincere honesty again. And I think we're about halfway through that cycle. Really? Interesting. That is super interesting. Anyway. Wow. What was Jeez, your original question? I, I, I didn't answer it. 
<laughs> well, I was I was gonna ask. Um, super interesting, by the way. F- feel free to go on dumb tangents like that. Not dumb tangents. I shouldn't call that a dumb tangent. That was a cool tangent, actually. But way better than a lot of the other tangents on this podcast, uh, especially this episode. I mean, I mean, to 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 say those tangents were better than the other tangents is editorializing. I, I feel as though we should leave it to you know the the court of public opinion as to which which of these tangents are most valuable to listen to, and that is the reason that you shouldn't edit this podcast at all. You should leave it all exactly <laughs> as it was recorded in context. I I'm I I'm not I'm no. <laughs> An- an- another terrible. very another very subtle thing that I can potentially do is edit what I said so that your response when you said no there is to me perhaps saying, oh, yeah, you know, and you should uh, edit this podcast very extensively so as to not have the bits that are bad in it. And I could potentially just edit my recording. And if you don't notice in your edit process, if you're just, you know, listening to the sounds rather than interpreting the words, then that could slip past you. In fact, this you know, is... av- av- avid listeners will notice the three times that I've actually slipped it past Sean already. So, you know, c- keep an <laughs> ear out for that. Th- this is part of the uh, the very long-term ARG that uh, w- when you listen to Cactus's podcast, he's definitely in on it too. He's going to tell you he's not, but he's in on it. Um, and he-, he will give you the trigger phrase, and you need to go to the website, which is the trigger phrase spelled backwards. Now... You might think it's easy to figure out what the trigger phrase is because he's going to have to say HTTP backwards. Um, he's going to be saying that a lot. <laughs> that's like his. Uh, it's like his catchphrase, PTTH. Yeah. You know, he says it all the time. You'll never know, yeah. man. <laughs> oh my god, we are. You know, we're forty minutes in. This is actually like this is public spam account level of of uh, not answering questions. Like this is actually impressive. Okay, okay, I'll I'll, I'll answer an actual question. It's got to be a good question. Is... Okay, if if there is one question that you want me to answer, ask it now. <laughs> okay. Well, can you tell me what the story of the Cool War is? Let me just pull it up and read it. <laughs> just, just, just full reading. Re- read, full reading read of the Cool the War right thing. here. Um, so <laughs> the, the the Cool War is about an artist, um, Ruiz de Champ, who uh, w- was the one who created the very dangerous art exhibit that I was talking about before and in my imagining of uh, are we cool yet there's sort of a core group of people who are led by someone known as the critic Um, Mm -hmm. and Riz de Champ is sort of raging against the machine of uh, existing criticism right he just doesn't create his art to be interpreted and repack like he he is not creating things for people to consume and explain to other people right um and this is why i think it was probably quite useful for me to go on that tangent about criticism and let's plays um mm-hmm. th- as far as i'm concerned the primary um you know message in cool war is about frustration with interpretation of what you've done um and there's loads of different elements there. There's like uh, dealing with whatever hand you're dealt in terms of having a shitty family. There's, you know, finding solace in the fact that you can at least express yourself, even if no one necessarily understands the way in which you're expressing yourself. Um, so Ruiz has a brother, uh, Pico Wilson, and both of them grew up 
in an extremely traumatic situation, and Reese is on um, antidepressant medication to deal with that, and Pico isn't. Um, and Pico is kind of representing the consequences of having trauma which you don't deal with, you don't work through, and you try not to address. Um, and a big component of that, of that comes out in the way that he expresses himself to other people. Um, so when he initially gets introduced, he seems to be like a, ooh, he's a crazy, edgy, artsy, fartsy kind of, uh, you know, Joker-style crazy guy. Um, and then, as the story continues, you understand some of the elements, uh, some of the components which resulted in him being the way that he is. Um, and at the end, he doesn't really change. That, that, that's something I think a lot of stories have people changing over the course of them, um, sort of learning things or whatever. And mm -hmm. while it's useful to tell those kinds of parables where there is a transformative element, I feel as though it's more interesting to tell stories where people are very much themselves and do not change. Um, where they encounter challenges but remain themselves regardless of the fact that they are being challenged. Um, and there are other, many other characters in Cool War. I'd definitely say that it's uh, an ensemble cast in terms of the way that I had written the thing. Um, and that, that's kind of drawing from other media that I'm a fan of. So uh, probably my two favorite animes are, well, anime slash manga slash night novel, etc. are Durara and Bakano, um, both of which follow Good an choices. ensemble cast, sort of going backwards and forwards in time uh, and exploring all the different elements there. Um, I'm a really big fan of the Marvel comics. There's a lot of long, overarching storylines, um, which can, you know, end up in really interesting places. There's an element of narrative maximalism, which I'm a fan of, in terms of having lots and lots and lots of different story elements all just moving past each other. Um, and in, in terms of the history of that kind of genre, I'd actually trace it back probably to um, a French writer de Balzac, in his series uh, The Human Comedy, which was essentially a whole bunch of not entirely disconnected vignettes, um, but a large number of stories which were all being told um, about French society at the time. And so he was sort of trying to fully encapsulate as many elements of what he was writing as possible um, in the way that he was expressing it. Um, another artist who I'd probably compare myself to is, um, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Fuck me. Keep all of this in. Keep my confusion <laughs> and inability to remember. Henry Dodger. Fucking Henry Dodger. Okay. <laughs> so Henry Dodger was a janitor who worked for years and years. He lived a relatively unremarkable and boring life. And after he died, they found a 15,000-page manuscript um, basically outlining his story of the Vivian girls. And it was kind of this pseudo-Christian savior narrative where it was um, these girls fighting against, like, slavers and all sorts of crazy shit. And he just kept that to himself. Um, and there's elements where I would both compare myself to these particular artists and also say that cool war itself is a tribute to this way of storytelling i'll also say i've never read the human comedy and i've never read uh, <laughs> henry dodge's story of the vivian girls it's something however that i'm a fan of the idea of it existing <laughs> and in in a way when i was criticizing 
those people who only consume the regurgitated consumptions of what other people have interpreted out of those works, that is exactly what I'm doing with regards to Daja and um, De Balzac. De Balzac is also incredibly well known for drinking a fuck ton of coffee. There is a really, really good story. Uh, it's like a short story that he wrote about how, you know, when you drink your first couple of cups of coffee, you're sort of getting engaged and everything. And then, you know, you have darker cups of coffee. You're basically just having large mugs of espresso. And then you just start chewing coffee beans. And then you just start eating handfuls of coffee beans so as to give you caffeine. He was a fucking nut job, but very famous. <laughs> Very well made, um, and made weirdly enough, probably good art that I've definitely not consumed. So that's the narrative of Cool War, um, and hopefully that's a reasonably self-contained explanation of what I've written. Do you have any questions beyond that, or? Uh, yeah, no, no. I think that's where we'll end the podcast. I think we're all good. Um, no, I do have, I do have a little bit more. <laughs> You okay. know, like the the whole list I sent you. Um, <laughs> I still have a lot of stuff I want to talk about. <laughs> I I cannot tell how ironic you are being with that question, honestly. Well, much like any art, it's kind of the things which inspired it. And again, this is going back to how I'm a really big fan of TV tropes, right? Because it is, mm-hmm. in a sense, meta-analysis. And then... Something which I find interesting is that there are meta-analyses of TV tropes. Like, TV tropes itself is something which you could artistically analyze, right? Like, the particular interconnectedness of the website TV tropes is something which has particular tropes associated with the way in which the tropes are presented. Like, there's fuck-tons of layers there, right? There's a degree of hyper-analysis that you could get engaged with um, about learning more of this shit i'm scrolling through and i can't find your list of oh there's all the questions sorry I was just <laughs> my, my brain wasn't really engaged with whatever i was saying beforehand okay <laughs> <laughs> all stays all right all so, right <laughs> quick quick fire question i'm just going to work my way through the list i'm going to interview myself now because you've what? made the mistake no. of sending me through all the questions so how did i get involved with the scp wiki we've hit on that what was my first article is it still up I think my first article was SCP-1314, and that one was actually written about I'd been playing the video game Pokemon Trozy, which is kind of a match 3 or match 4 game, Um, and I got quite sick, and so my sickness-addled brain started obsessing over this game to the point where I was mentally simulating it. Um, This is much in the same way as people who play a stupid amount of Tetris will dream about tetris right and and so this story this scp that i had done was essentially about that kind of idea of it's a piece of paper and when you read it it compels you to mentally simulate a universe essentially um but again in my um in my sickness while i was obsessing over this thing the fact that i could not stop thinking about it was profoundly frustrating and distressing and so that's something which I was trying to communicate by it. And eventually my obsessing over it got to the point where it felt like my brain was going to break. And the only thing which gave me reprieve from it was sleep. Um, and so in the way that I wrote it, essentially the simulation that people are compelled to mentally uh, perform um, got progressively more complex until their brain just wasn't able to uh, keep track of all of them uh, simultaneously. And so that's sort of an explanation of my first article. And I believe it is still up. 
Okay, nice. Why do I write for the SCP wiki? I'm I'm just gonna take over. <laughs> I'm just gonna I, take I've over noticed. You. I I I don't think I can stop you at this point. Oh, actually, wait. One more thing before you continue. Something about like oh, something yeah. you said 20 minutes ago or something. Um, I think it's very very ironic that you mentioned how people are now consuming like uh just other people's interpretations of works more than the works themselves. Especially considering on this podcast, people will probably listen to this and never read the Cool War. Well, that's that's the thing, right? And and then, uh, so okay, so I I did a podcast called "The Thing Randomini Is Making Me Do," which was entirely to take the piss out of exactly this. The, oh, I, I take the piss out of this concept a lot, but specifically, it was a reading of all of the website pages which no sane person would read. So there's loads of um, voice actors like the Vulgan or you know a whole bunch of different people who specifically have their YouTube career out of reading SCP articles. And it sort of made me think, what happens when those people get to the bottom of the barrel in terms of the content that other people have made and start reading like internal systems pages of the SCP wiki or the entire list of authors on the SCP wiki? And so it was to some extent a characterization of the kind of derangement which people get forced into when they end up at a creatively bankrupt point where it's not not even a transformative element like th this interview that we're doing i would consider this transformative there are definitely things that you would get from consuming this interview which you wouldn't get from consuming cool war right i, I would right, arguably right. say like th there's elements here where we're touching on meta commentary and what cool war is about but this is an interview which is, in my opinion, and obviously I'm the one talking, so of course I'd think this or I'd shut up. Um, but in my opinion, it's worth listening to this podcast as distinct from reading the thing that this podcast is about, right? Um, right, right. And so there's, you know, th there is the useful transformative component of criticism where people are explaining the reasons that they feel certain things. And th again, going back to TV trips, this is something which I find TV trips does very well. But the transformative element of just reading out a SCP or reading out something which was originally textual, um, you know, th there are, and th this is not to trivialize the fact that you do need to perform some kind of editorializing when you're doing those kind of readings, or otherwise they're incredibly dry. But just the prospect of, actually, to to go to a better point, it would be. For every, you know, one channel which does genuinely engaging or interesting reaction videos, um, so the original reaction, well, maybe not the original reaction video channel, I'm not sure, but probably one of the most popular reaction video channels specifically goes out and gets young people and old people and presents them things that they wouldn't otherwise see. So that is interesting to observe because it gets you to understand the way in which that category of people's minds work. And then for every one of those, you have thousands upon thousands of channels where the let's watch is this person mostly just watching something and occasionally laughing and not really giving any transformative commentary to the thing. Um, and so, yeah, I'd, I'd say an element of the critique is potentially useful, but in many cases, it's just nothing. In many cases, it's just a trite transformation without any additional useful substance that redeems it beyond just regurgitating the previous thing. Agreed, agreed. That is, uh, part of that is why I did SCP Authors, and why I'm doing SCP Authors Anomalous, because, like, I like the idea of doing SCP readings, because reading stuff out, like, that's really interesting, is fun to me. 
but I didn't want to do it like just like everyone else is doing it. Not necessarily everyone else. There are people who really take their own spin on it and add to it. But I wanted to do something that also adds to it in a way that's a lot more unique, which is why I have authors read out their works and then talk about them because that adds yeah. to it a lot more. And I, I think that's a lot more valuable as well. Um, th th there's a um, someone who did a lot of critique on the wiki, Kalanen, um, whom I respect immensely. Um, and he would often give very harsh critique of what people wrote. And a lot of the time, people didn't listen. And then their articles got deleted or downvoted because they weren't very good. Um, yeah. There, there, there is a certain talent in being able to not just identify the faults with something, but explain the reason that it is a fault. Um, and potentially beyond that, give people ideas about ways that they could mitigate that problem. Um, so there's, there's mm -hmm. definitely an art to critique, um, which, you know, is, is something which I think was worth honing. Yeah, yeah, agreed completely. And like that's why there's there's an entire team on the SCP wiki dedicated to being like people who are just trained to critique other articles and ideas, uh, the whole butterfly crit squad. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think they do a pretty good job. I agree. I think they do an amazing job, except for when they critique my ideas and my articles, in which case they are always wrong, and I am correct because I'm an amazing writer, and they have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, I, but anyways, I mean, back and, to the questions. Well, no, to to, to spin off that, <laughs> there are. So I I would often right. receive critique which I did not find useful because it would have been transforming the work in a way which made it not convey that thing which I was designing it to convey. Right. Um, right. You can imagine, you know, art, art which is designed to elicit a particular emotion. If someone's criticism is, it made me feel the emotion and I didn't want to, the response to that <laughs> is not to make it stop. Like, if, if you gross someone out, it is not valid critique to say, this made me feel uncomfortable. It, it's, it's not useful critique of the Saw movies to say, that was horrifying. Because the response to that from the original creator is, yes, I meant to do that. <laughs> It was fully intentional. Um, and some critique is just completely useless like that. And yeah, I mean, it's it's something where you don't just want to have people say, you did exactly what you intended to do, but I didn't like it. I mean, it, it's fine to say that, but there's nothing to do with that. Like, th there's mm -hmm. nowhere that you can go beyond writing a completely different thing. Right. Like, that's not helpful. No. You're not doing anything for me by telling me that. Also, for the record, I was joking. The Cred Squad has actually given me very good advice. Mostly. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> Mostly. Disclaimers, look, disclaimers look, to your disclaimers to your disclaimers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look, I'm, there, look, there's some things. There, let's not talk about it. Anyways. What, 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 uh, one, partic <laughs> one particular uh, member of the Crit Squad, you know who you are. We're not going to name you here because that would be, uh, that would be unacceptable. But you know who you are. You know what you did. We know what you did. And uh, you, you should feel very bad about that. Yeah, and we will never forgive you. Uh, no. Yeah. Um, and if you'd Did like to try and figure out who they are, it is actually one of the answers for the ARG that we are, we are setting up throughout this entire podcast. So you can figure that out for them. And if you do find it, congratulations. Please it's, feel free to go dox them and harass them for it. it, it we it's highly the encourage answer to, uh, It's the answer to crossword uh, down clue number seven. So uh, you yeah, can yeah. fill that in on your bingo card. Yeah, and uh, in case you're wondering why that part was was blank, that's uh, it's because you have to listen to this to figure that out. Mm. But uh, yeah, for the other ones, try listening in reverse. There's a little extra hint for you guys who, for some reason, are still listening to this. God, <laughs> this is this is uh, um, <laughs> okay. 
Why do you write for the why why the SCP wiki? What about the SCP wiki drew you in? Um To give the honest answer, there were already people there. Oh. Um it is and and this is something that I want to argue with a lot of fan works, right? Um so again, going back to the uh, previous interviews that you've done with the Dream SMP. So firstly, the Dream SMP primarily, in my opinion, got popular because of the popularity of Minecraft. It's the sort of thing mm -hmm. where narratives were being told in that story. Uh, and again, I'm not super familiar with that story that's being told. Um, but there are, you know, layers on top of the existing story which is being told. Um, and because Minecraft was popular, because, you know, videos about Minecraft were popular, Dream got popular. And then those people whom you've interviewed have done fan works of the fan work of Minecraft, right? And then you have interviewed them and you have done a fan work of their fan work of Dream's fan work of Minecraft. When you're interviewing the, um... Uh, I can't remember her name. The the one who worked on uh, Pokemon Uranium. Uh, Oripoke. Oripoke, yes, exactly. Um, so again, that's something where if you create a Pokemon fan game, Pokemon has an existing fandom. So if you create a Pokemon fan game, there are definitely people who will go in and check it out. It's a sort of thing mm -hmm. where it certainly could be an original work, but it's much more difficult to get people to pay attention to something completely original than it is to, you know, hijack the existing thing. Um, and, and again, th this is not a new thing. Um, back in the days of serial fiction, Sherlock Holmes, for example, um, you know, Sher there were many, many Sherlock Holmes stories which were not written by uh, Arthur Conan Doyle. Um, I could point to Neil Gaiman, right? So Neil Gaiman wrote, I think it's called A Study in Emerald, which is like a Lovecraftian take on um, on Sherlock Holmes. And so mm -hmm. it's kind of those people who are looking for more Sherlock Holmes fiction can find... Uh, those people who are um, looking up fan fiction of... <laughs> and... Oh, God. Yeah, so there are people who write fan fiction of the BBC version of Sherlock which is itself derivative of the original work by Arthur Conan Doyle because it's an adaptation, right? Mm -hmm. So there are people who write fan work of the BBC production, which is itself a fan work, essentially, of the original story. And the, the barrier as well between a fan work and an adaptation is pretty blurry, especially when it comes to comics, right? Because nobody writing Superman or Batman comics today was alive when those characters were created. Nobody. All of right, those right. stories are just, you know, officially licensed stories which are continuations of the old ones. But even then, there's no there's no word of God anymore. Those authors are literally dead. Um, and, you know, if you were to compare modern Batman stories, for example, to the original Batman stories, he has changed so completely and profoundly in terms of the tonality. Um, you know, you, you look at the... There are kind of 1960s Batman, where he's kind of fighting the Joker, who's doing all of his tricks, and then you look at the the modern-day Joker, whose father was a drinker, and he had a horrible alcohol abuse problem, and he's got his scars on his face. And it, it's it's just such a, such a complete transformation of that work, that even the idea that their disapproval would matter seems absurd. Like, the, the fact that the creator of Batman might not look on the modern-day depictions of Batman favorably? Who cares? The idea that, 
you know, the, the creator of Sherlock Holmes wouldn't necessarily like the BBC adaptation of Sherlock Holmes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> people like that as distinct mm-hmm. from it. And similarly, when people are reading the fan fictions of those works, it doesn't matter that those are transformations. People are allowed to be fans of things. What was I talking Agreed. about? What was the question? Yeah, it kind I keep of plays into like tangents. the whole idea of... Uh, I'm sorry, say that again? Oh, I was asking what the original question was. I keep going on tangents. <laughs> no, that's okay. The tangents are way more interesting than what the original questions are, honestly. Yeah, I asked, why do you write for the SCP Wiki? But you answered, because there are already people there. There's already an audience, somebody to enjoy it. And you know it's going to get enjoyed, rather than just posting on, like, Wattpad or something. Yeah, and I, I mean, ge- genuinely, I cross-posted the Cool War 2 Wattpad, and then no one paid attention to it. <laughs> like, th- that was something when, when I wrote the Cool War... After it was done, I moved it over to Wattpad to think about whether or not that would increase the audience size, and the answer was no. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have expected that. No, and there are definitely people who are popular on Wattpad, but it's not those people who are writing things like Cool War. Um, yeah, it's mostly fan you know, fiction. It's, th- th- there's a lot of serialized fiction online, um, which I think does a good job at doing what it does, but certain hubs like... Um, fanfiction hubs and Wattpad and those sorts of things, they cater to a very specific audience. Um, and so if you're not writing for that audience, it's unlikely that you're going to find success. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I will confidently say that what I wrote with Cool War, there wasn't really anything with that kind of tonality which had existed on the wiki prior to my writing it. Um, there wasn't really a long-form narrative which wasn't taking itself seriously. Um... But then, yeah, even saying that Cool War doesn't take itself seriously is kind of up for grabs, right? Um, it, it's it's one of these nebulous things, which is true of the SCP Wiki itself. Um, agreed, agreed. So in, in, in terms of why I went to the SCP Wiki, rather than, for example, a fanfiction community about something else, is because the SCP Wiki is fanfiction all the way down. Because... Obviously, whatever I was going to be doing was a derivative work, but all of the other works there to be compared to are also derivative works. It takes away the entirety of the conceit that the derivative works are in some way lesser because of their derivativeness. Um, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Makes complete sense. I agree. I agree completely. I don't think Cool War could have done as well as it did on the SCP Wiki anywhere else, honestly. No. It's just that kind of work. Um, okay, we're about, like, we're an hour in. Uh, I think it would be good if we took just a little break here, because I have to use restroom mostly. Don't stop your recording or anything. Just leave it going. I'll cut out the silence. Um, yeah, and when I return, we will continue. I will say, right. I'm not going to ask every question on this list. Like, I never I never go in with that being the expectation. I just have a lot. Because you never know when to, when to, where the conversation is going to go, and I want to be ready for wherever it does go. Yeah, all good. Um, I, I think yeah, I can probably also, go through the list, though. And seeing as you're going for a piss anyway, I will take the reins and do that myself. You l- you let me know when you get back. I'll just keep answering questions, okay? <laughs> Don't and because do I'm that. going to be because I'm going to be doing that, you have to leave all this in. Fuck you. <laughs> no, I, why would you all do right. that? Don't I'm going to so, ask questions again that I don't have to And and, and you're going to ask questions that I will have already answered in this intermission. <laughs> this is So. Your your alternative is, is hold it in. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you didn't expect to get coerced in this podcast, did you? But you're no, in, I wasn't you're now in this situation. <laughs> you're now in this situation where you have given me direct authorial control over your bladder. 
And you have made a mistake, my friend. You should have just said you were going to get a drink or something, but no. Every word I say is preventing you from going to the bathroom. You're welcome. I'm going to go now? use the bathroom now. Oh, yeah. If no, no, you no, start answering questions, I will take this out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's your loss, my friend. <laughs> Hi everyone, Sean and I had to go take a piss, so I thought I'd let you know about this episode's sponsor, Audible. Audible is a service which allows you to listen to books, books which are being read by people who are making interpretations of those original stories. These transformative works aren't really worth listening to. Read the original stories, and if you don't have eyes, learn braille, bitch. This is also brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh brings you food and tells you how to prepare it. Yeah, you like sautéing those onions, don't you, you little slut? Keep going. Keep going. Chop those tomatoes. Crush that coleslaw. Masticate that steak. You know you love it. HelloFresh. Use the offer code Sean Saxum doesn't know I'm recording any of this for 25% off your next order. We're also sponsored by Skillshare. Have you ever wanted to know how to provide a fake advert for a podcast that you've been invited to? Making the recording while the person's going off to take a piss. Fantastic. With Skillshare, we can teach you how to do that. We can even teach you how to hear the sound of the door opening and closing to know that your co-host has returned. How long have you been doing this? <laughs> Not that long. <laughs> Okay, well, we're we're back from the break that we just took. I I, uh, I did your ad reads for you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. That makes my job a lot easier. You can uh, just you know you can I've just always been those. one to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll make sure to keep that in. I'll keep all of that in. Um, good to. I always like to do ad reads for people I'm not actually sponsored by, so they like just kind of get tricked into giving me money. And uh, so far, it hasn't worked, but it will eventually. Well, I mean, if you send the invoice, they'll probably fill it. Do you know about the guy who just kept sending invoices to Facebook, which weren't for anything, and they kept sending him money? I have actually heard it, about that. Did it's he an amazing scam. Oh, I, I, I think probably, yeah. That is an incredible scam, though. Dude, I, I that would be so... You have to wonder how many other people have tried doing this and haven't been caught. Like, there has to be mm. someone out there who's still, like, successfully doing this with some well, company, the, right? The, the, the best part is, right, if you have an offer code, which is an offer code for a different podcast that you're a fan of, you could do an ad read and say, and if you want to do this, use the offer code, and then you give the offer code for this other podcast. So people who use that offer code will see that it is a valid offer code. It's just not yours. Yeah, and the benefit I would gain from this is giving someone else money. Yeah, it, it, it's like using Patreon money to fund someone else's Patreon. It's just the uh, the, the creative circle jerk, as it were. <laughs> okay, brilliant. That's a very good idea. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. You've given some wonderful sage-like advice here. <laughs> okay, there, getting back into the There's a reason that sages died out. Because <laughs> they didn't give good advice. <laughs> 
Okay, back into the questions. Um, okay, so I'm actually going to skip quite a bit ways down the list because I have some other stuff I'm more interested in asking than other things. Uh, so do you have any plans to return to the SCP wiki at some point? Um, nothing concrete. It's the sort of thing where there's definitely a lot of story threads that I can pick up on. Um, and occasionally I've popped back in and I've, uh, you know, added some things into the, uh, the Cool War 2 and Cool War 4 canons. Um, <laughs> but in, in terms of returning to Acidverse, I think that was a context where I probably overcommitted too fast, especially, like, fresh off the heels of Cool War. Um, and then just, you know, more real-world obligations, that sort of thing. Um, I just didn't have as much time as I used to to be able to do these sorts of creative pursuits, unfortunately, um, because again, it's something that I, I do enjoy writing as a hobby. It's something that I'm very enthusiastic about, um, but to the extent that I still write, um, most of it I keep relatively private at this point. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, it, it's the sort of thing where, <laughs> and this is going to sound relatively odd, for reasons of taxation, <laughs> if you write something... <laughs> that is potentially worth getting published, but if you also have a day job, it is of benefit not to publish that until it's done, and then you get <laughs> fired. So it's it's this situation where, if I were to get fired from my job, I do have some things which would potentially <laughs> fill that gap. <laughs> well, I guess that's, uh, that's somewhat of a safety net. <laughs> it actually does lead well into one thing I really wanted to ask. Do you think it's actually a good idea to write for the SCP Wiki as an author? I, I would say that there are some very valuable skills that you can learn. I would say that... So, so there are a lot of people who have tried to, in a very direct way, make money off writing for the SCP Wiki, and it doesn't work. Um, mm. It's it's something where you look at the Patreons of any of the big SCP Wiki creators, and you compare those to someone like the Volgan, um, who's making, you know, I think a few hundred bucks for every video that he does. Um, it's just not comparable. And it's in this weird situation where someone making videos of reading the content is able to get better funded than the people who are writing the original stuff. Um, and I, I don't want to say that I necessarily resent that, but it is a bit frustrating. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it doesn't need to be anyone's full-time job, that's the thing. You've got the category of people who want to make writing their full-time job, who want to see returns on their investment of time, and then you also have the people who, for whom it's just a hobby. Um, but it's the sort of thing where if it's a hobby and you're really enjoying it, you want to be able to spend more time on it, um, and you also need money to live and not be homeless, it's the sort of thing where it's not necessarily money-grubbing, it's trying to be able to spend more time doing that thing which you really enjoy doing. And realistically, you need money for rent, you need money for food, you need money for etc, etc. Um, with that said, I would say that the SCP Wiki is an amazing place to improve your writing. It's an amazing place to get feedback on what you're doing. It has a very active voting community. It has a very active commenting community in terms of being able to get feedback on what you're doing. Um, at the same time, it's the sort of thing where the structure that's in place in terms of when you're writing an SCP, it's kind of this little gem of a concept which you're kind of refining to, you know, very precisely do a certain thing. Um, as time's gone on, SCPs have gotten longer, which, you know, it's neither good or bad, it's just the way it is. Um, mm -hmm. 
older SCPs tend to be smaller, they tend to be more self-contained, and to some degree, newer SCPs can be longer, and so they often end up being longer. Um, I prefer to think of SCPs as narrative gems, or conceptual gems, in the sense of highly refined, sufficiently short to consume in a lunch break, for example. Um, and I, I think that that easily consumability is a major component of why the SCP Wiki became popular in the first place. It's the sort of thing where if you're taking your lunch break, you can read an SCP or two and get back to work. But if you're reading one of these gargantuan, you know, many, many thousands of words long, that's something where you've kind of got to sit down and commit an evening to it. You can't really do it on the bus ride. Um, so it, it's, it's valuable insofar as it gets eyes on your work. It's a good stepping stone for people to potentially get into paying narrative work, but it's also not something that you should expect to get paid for. Mm -hmm. um, I do not regret writing for the SCP Wiki. I think okay. that's where I'll end it. Hey, thanks for listening so far in. I just wanted to warn you, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, this is around the point where we start getting into some more sensitive subject matter, including topics of suicide and other things that the Cool War itself actually does um, kind of include and talk about. So if that bothers you, you should probably stop listening to the episode here. Thank you so much for making it this far. I appreciate that a lot. If thou, those topics do not bother you or they don't bother you a lot, um, then enjoy. We don't get super deep into it or like really detailed, but the story of the Cool War does include that as like something that happens in it. So, you know, I wanted to give you this warning just to be safe. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're having a wonderful new year. Okay, I kind of want to return to the Cool War and ask you a little bit about that. Because yep, there's that's like. Okay, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff in the Cool War. That okay. Well, let me say this, uh, listener. Uh, you should really like. I would say if you have any plans to read the Cool War, this is probably a good time to stop listening to this and start doing that. Um, not necessarily that you have to, but if you plan to, uh, some spoilers might be coming up. It's more. I'm just gonna say, if you don't want to find out that Ruiz kills himself, stop listening now. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Jeez. Just uh, just throwing that big plot reveal right out there, huh? Yep. God, okay. In the last tale of the Cool War, Wowie, you killed yourself. There are these, there's like a, a lot of sections that I just wanted to ask you more about, like what was going on there, if you're willing to, if you're willing to say a little bit of what was going on in your mind or what's actually happening. Yep. Uh, the parts between Pico and the, the second person reader, I think. Sections like this one. I met a wise man once. I climbed great mountains and crossed vast chasms and found him sitting in the center of the world. I asked him who he was, and he told me he was a student. A student of who, I asked. A student of the only teacher, he said. And there are other students, I asked. We are all students, and in turn, we all become teachers, he said. I asked him who he was. He told me he was the Buddha. Unfortunately, a different wise man told me this. If you meet the Buddha on the road, kill him. The snipper spun around, grinning. So, of course, I slit his throat. There were no corpses. 
the corpses reminded him of the dead, and the dead reminded him of his brother. His brother was dead. Ruiz was dead. What a fucking spoil sport. Where are my corpswitzers? Let them guard the door. Such a disappointment. There is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Then why think? Why think indeed. Here I speak plainly. To you, dearest brother. To you. Pico walked to the wall, picking up a bottle of vodka and pouring it into his open mouth, speaking and sputtering through a stream of alcohol. What's the purpose? The meaning? The raison d'etre, I would say. If I wanted to be obnoxiously condescending and unforgivably French. I'm beginning to sound preachy here. Good morning, living earth. Pico took the bottle and smashed it onto the ground. What did that mean, I wonder? What, what, what? We've been over this. The meaning of things is in the thinking of their meaning. Meaning needs people. Without people, there is no meaning. And the world is nothing. The world is nothing. Have you ever tried... killing yourself? I have. What was it like? It was not... comfortable. I expect not. Then you expect correctly, figment. Figment? Figment. A figment is all you are. <laughs> you would know better than I would. I certainly hope so. A good figment, though. A pretty little figment. There is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. You stole that from me. You stole that from me. Well, what do you think? You stood on the opposite side of the room, staring at the madman talking into empty space. You wondered who he was talking to. That is, you wondered who I was, or perhaps am. Past continuous verb tense is a tricky business, is it not? The snipper speaks. That it is. And you respond with silence. Or do you? How would you react? How did you? How do you? Would you kill this man? I place a knife in your hand. Pico Wilson offers his throat. The decision was, such is, such will be left to you. Yeah, so w with those, it... N narratively or speaking... Narrative, rather. Yeah, it, it, it ties into... Um, there's an article that I wrote on the Wanderer's Library called Drifting in the Knot, which is essentially a story about the afterlife. Um, th there's a concept in a philosophy called Minong's Jungle, which is essentially the space of all things which do not exist. So the idea that, for example, unicorns, to the extent that the word unicorn is a referent to something, um, unicorns do not exist in the real world, but there is, in some sense, a platonic conceptual ideal of a unicorn out there which must exist in some space. And Minong's jungle is essentially the space of all those things which conceptually can be described but did not exist in the real physical world and so it's this sort of thing where once someone dies um they would go into the knot which is essentially the description of minong's jungle um and potentially get offered deals to return back to life um and so in cool war 2 there's um some initial stories about how reese champ comes back from death um, there's five or six different ways conceptually I've been thinking about handling that. Um, 
there's one of the ways is that he gets a body uh, sort of Pinocchio style hewn out of wood by his brother who's gone off and become a lumberjack um, and it gets magically animated when he comes back from the dead um, and so the the sort of phrase of the world feels like nothing which uh, re repeatedly occurs throughout a few of my different works and somewhat frustratingly got co-opted by a different author who just straight up titled one of their stories and the world feels like nothing something which i'd very gradually <laughs> been building up as like a subtle nod um just being absolutely wasted by by another author um and so, so the idea that once you die you're going into this space of nothing um and can potentially return is something which narratively speaking um is an open door which i may uh, potentially walk back into it okay. may not be a particularly satisfying answer, but that's the answer. Okay, no, that's that's very interesting. Okay, well, I'm excited to see what ends up happening. And uh, reader, if you'd like to check out Drifting in the Knot, that is linked in the description. Uh, also, just so you know, the Wandering the Wandering the Wanderers Library is a sister site of the SCP Foundation. Um, that well, I'm, that's all I'm going to tell you. There's a lot to the Wanderers Library that I could explain, but I don't need to don't need to spend ten minutes on that here. I think we did talk about it a little bit more in Cactus's interview. What uh, what else on this uh, on this uh, list of questions are you particularly interested in answering? I can just quick fire question round. All right, yeah, I, let's, I, I, uh, I'm, let's go. I'm tempted to go through and answer all of them sequentially. So, how did you get involved in the wiki? We know. How did I do my first article? We know. Is it still up? Yes. Why do I write for the SCP wiki? It's fun and people pay attention to me, and I'm always clamoring for other people's approval. How do I get inspiration from my writing? All writing is derivative. All writing is recombinative of other things that you've read. If you want to get better at writing, if you want more inspiration, you need to read more things, you need to consume more things. There okay, are... hold on. I'm going to stop you real quick. Yep. Let's start from how do you get inspiration for writing, but let me ask the questions. I'm asking the questions here, buddy. <laughs> Alright, Dominique, please don't do this to me. You mispronounced my name again. How do you do it again? I actually, I was gonna, I was gonna make a joke about uh, forgetting how to pronounce it, but I've actually forgotten how to pronounce it. You should listen to Randomini. the. You should listen to the podcast pronounce Randomino's name. It's got, Randomino. I think, about 57 episodes, and it doesn't actually exist. <laughs> Is that actually a thing? No, it's not. <laughs> that was... <laughs> so so, so one, one of the episodes of the thing Randomini is making me do is I took audio from the latest Cactus cast where he talks about the that particular podcast mostly just being a joke and not to listen to it. And then I chopped up the audio from Cactus talking about it and pretended that he had cancelled... Like, by cutting it up, made it sound as though he'd cancelled other shows to start a new show called Pronounce Randomize Name. <laughs> so it's it, it's a deep cut, but if you ask if you ask Cactus about when Pronounce Randomize Name is going to resume airing, um, it is possible he will... <laughs> He will remember. It's entirely possible he won't, which would be just as funny. Okay, adding that to the list of questions I'm going to ask CJ Cactus right now. When is how to pronounce Randomize <laughs> name? Season 2 coming out. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. Season 2 coming Im impl out. Imply through the question the existence of Season 1. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> perfect, perfect. Definitely asking that. Okay. And in case you're for some reason curious to listen to that, Random and I actually sent me the cut he made. So, enjoy, I guess? As always, I am your host, DJ Cactus. And hey, uh, the thing Random and I is making me do is doing good. It's going to be very funny. It's going to be a lot of fun. The rich lore is fulfilled, and that's going to be a really cool thing to get into. So we talked about critical procedures last week. Very, very, very dumb. We're not listing it as a full show. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is critical procedures. Even I, even I, your host, DJ Cactus. Very, very, very dumb. The Cactus Cast. We're not listing it as a full show. Very, very, very dumb. Um, we've got the the other newest thing that we're doing right now um, about something that we want to do in the next couple weeks, next couple months, maybe start thinking about full show. Pronounce randomized name. The rich lore is fulfilled. Randomized name is rich lore. If you are interested in working on that show or getting involved in that show, I think they're definitely looking for people who are interested. Keep an eye out for the first episodes of Pronounce Randomized Name, which all should be dropping here in the next week or two. Uh, my cactus pick of the week for this week, uh, the thing Randomini is making me do. In the last week, we've had something like a thousand, the unsettling nature of DJ Cactus. Social issues, keep an eye out. Anyway, thanks again for watching and supporting uh, the thing Randomini is making me do. I, we would not be able to do this uh, without you. Quick fire round, except I asked the questions. This is an interview podcast. Stop stealing my show. Okay, how do you get inspiration for your writing? Reading things. Okay, how would you describe <laughs> your writing style? No, no, ask, ask that again. <laughs> Sorry, I just... <laughs> hang on, hang on. I just fucking choked up. Let me get a drink of water, hang on. <laughs> Reading things. <laughs> it was at this point that Random and I went to go get a drink of water and came back a little bit later. And we just asked the question again. How do you get inspiration for your writing? I read a bunch of things. So when you read things, you're internalizing the components of the stories that you're reading. Ultimately, all writing is recombinative, just combining components of existing work. Um, anyone who thinks otherwise is free to write a story without using any pre-existing English words and see how well that does. Exactly. Good author's copy, great author's, author's steal. Artist. I said the quote wrong. How would you describe your writing style? Um, eclectic. <laughs> how? How so? Uh, to, to, the, to the extent that when I'm writing, I almost entirely make the decisions that are entertaining to me at the time, rather than the ones which necessarily make sense narratively. It's more important to me that the act of writing itself is something which is enjoyable and engaging, rather than the story itself being entertaining or engaging. So it's, wow. I write so long as I'm having fun, and if I stop having fun, I decide to throw a wrench into the mix and write something completely different. Okay, and I think that also kind of answers the next question. What is your goal when you write? Yeah, mostly to entertain myself. Um, I, ideally, people will read it. Ideally, people will enjoy what they're reading. Um, but as I think I said before, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly fine writing things and not publishing them. Um, it, it's important to, you know, not be writing or not be creating art for external approval. It's something where... You know, it, it, it's reasonable to try and improve, and getting other people's opinions about your work is a very effective way of being sure that you are improving, but being able to do your own self-assessment of what you've written is also a very valuable skill. Um, so you don't need to share all the writing that you do, um, but at the same time, it's probably worth sharing at least some of it just so that you have a, um, a, a compass to try and figure out whether or not your opinions about your own writing are aligned because 
As many newbies to the SCP Wiki will tell you, it's very easy to convince yourself you're a really good writer and then find out when other people read that you're not. Very true. Very, very true. Which of your own works are you most proud of? <sighs> Pride cometh before the fall, right? Um, true. I, I, I don't know. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't point to a particular one. Completely understandable. I, I, I if think I held I'm, a gun I, to your head and told you to do it, though, which one did you choose? Well, I'm, 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 proud, I'm proud of most of them for very different reasons. A lot of them, I'm proud that I got away with them and that, that, <laughs> that, they're, uh, that they haven't been completely deleted by now. Um, which, again, talking about the reason that I write, a lot of <laughs> writing is what you can get away with, as it were. Um, so, no, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If you okay, were holding, okay. if you were holding a gun to my head and asking me to uh, do such a thing, I would probably be more concerned about the fact that you were holding a gun to my head, and I'd probably just nervously stammer and stutter until you shot me. Okay, interesting. Uh, how do you come up with unique and interesting characters? I don't think I do. Um, <laughs> and 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 like that—that—that's that, not really a joke. Like when I was talking before about like spending time reading tv tropes um you know becoming familiar with existing ways of structuring stories i do not believe that the interesting part of my narratives is the characters itself it is the interactions between the characters um so as much as many readers might gravitate around particular characters that i have written the more interesting thing to me is the interpersonal structure that I have constructed around different groups of people and the conflicts that are being constructed there. Um, so th that would be my take, that the uh, the specific characters are not so important as seeing how your ideas around those characters interact with other people. Um, fundamentally, situating a character socially relative to other people is a major component in how they get characterization, right? Um, <laughs> you could start from nothing, and if you put a character into an interesting or difficult or trying situation, simply by the fact that they have to do something to get out of it, it, it kind of synthesizes the character into existence by however they respond to those things. So I'd say my focus isn't really on creating characters so much as it is on creating situations which allow characters to show elements of their personality okay interesting i would say that's something like uh, i can definitely see i can definitely see that in the cool war and also like durarara especially which is also my favorite anime ever yeah uh, and, i can and definitely see that there i can it, see where you got that inspiration it's the same with um with marvel stories right like the reason that the avengers are more interesting than any individual title from its constituent parts is because you're getting to see the the power dynamics between those characters that you're already familiar with um, mm -hmm. The reason that the Fantastic Four... So the Fantastic Four, when um, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby sort of came up with the idea, the fact that there was a... Firstly, a team of superheroes rather than an individual superhero um, was relatively novel. Secondly, the fact that they were all related and had a pre-existing um, social dynamic relative to them. And then, you know, the fact that they did all have dramatically different um, personalities. Like, you had the cold and analytical Reed Richards who was sort of like the, the mad scientist but he was a good guy um, 
you've got the thing who's kind of like rough and tough and you've got the human torch who's kind of like hot-headed and gets into trouble you've got the uh, invisible woman she was originally the invisible girl um but then they they changed it later on and similarly they introduced the uh the force fields were introduced much later because they realized that her being able to turn invisible was not really keeping her at the power level of the other three where they've got super strength the ability to stretch to arbitrary lengths and the ability to shoot fire so it's like okay let's make sue storm a little bit more interesting <laughs> but the, the idea of con- constructing these uh these sort of cohesive groups and then beyond that seeing how each of those groups interacts with each other so it's in cool war going back to cool war you have a few different groups right you've got um you've got pico wilson and reese Champ, which is sort of a dyad of opposing people you have the group of artists who are um uh joey tamlin and overgang dude and melanoma on the asshole of existence and all of those guys are just kind of hanging out they're their own deal then you have the critic slot and the critic has all of the uh people underneath him and then there is the um the janitor who is again sort of sort of their own thing um so and then the interesting thing beyond that is how those different groups of people all end up interacting with each other right then there's tangerine and agent green right so it's it's never any individual character acting except in you know there, there are very exceptional circumstances where an individual character has that kind of heavy impact on the plot it is usually groups of characters each of whom have their own dynamic interacting with other groups of characters and it's the same with you know durara or bakano right you have these smaller groups of characters each of whom gets characterized within that group and then there is intergroup conflict which allows you to explore the dynamics within that group when put under pressure um so that that would be yeah that that's that i forget what the original question is again i feel like i've gone on a tangent <laughs> no 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 that's okay you answered the question and uh well as usual you've taken it in a much more much more interesting direction but that makes complete sense um okay how do you feel about other people writing about your characters or continuing your story in general some people do a better job than others um there are certainly people who have written characters in dramatically different ways than i would have written them um there are people who like th- th- that instance where my my kind of arc words got sniped as it were um but realistically i haven't really been particularly active on the wiki for the last several years so i, I don't really uh i don't really resent it that much so... have any of your articles ever been deleted yes yes really yep um so the, the second scp that i wrote was supposed to be a pair of swords which if you had two people who are fighting each other with the swords um say if person a managed to slice person b with their sword person b would go back in time say 10 seconds and be able to potentially prevent person a from hitting them so the idea is if two people were fighting with these swords um no one would ever see the other person lose because they'd always be able to go back in time and prevent it um so the idea would be that these were kind of magical training swords which would allow people to take on sparring partners in such a way that they would have to improve uh, or otherwise they would just be stuck in this time loop um but in the event where someone who isn't very skilled at using a sword is up against someone who is extremely skilled 
you could imagine a situation where even given the fact that you would go back in time by 10 seconds isn't enough to stop you from being hit by that blade 10 seconds in the future, there would be situations where someone could get stuck in a time loop living, you know, potentially hundreds, thousands of years of, like, uh, time from their perspective. Um, so it's the sort of thing where the few times that it has been observed that someone loses, the other person's brain has pretty much just shorted out. Um, but the thing is, that shorting out happens prior to the blade touching that person, because it's, like, time travel or whatever. And so the reason that it got deleted was... This is really difficult to explain what's going on. <laughs> it's <laughs> and, and any sort of time travel fuckery is is a, a quagmire of needing to explain stuff. And so hopefully I did a decent job of explaining the general gist of what I was meaning um, in, in my description just now. But I definitely didn't do a good job when I wrote that SCP. Um, so that one got <laughs> deleted. That was, uh, that was shortly after I wrote my uh, 1314. I see, I see. That is really really complicated but i think you did explain it well enough just now that is an insane paradox though like that's that's crazy and i I just don't think it worked like it's i i think it would be possible to sit down and write that idea but it would have to be explained in a very different way (laughs) fair enough fair enough Okay, so I have a whole section of questions here about the Cool War. A lot of these I've already asked and you've already answered, but I'll ask a few of the other ones I haven't already. Did you yep. have a plot planned out for when the Cool when the cool War started, when you started writing? So, yeah, th- there, there were broad strokes. There were elements that I knew were coming ahead of time. At the same time, there was a lot that I did improvise. Um, it's the sort of thing where if it were more interesting to have the plot diverge from what I had written... I did that. Um, It's also something where because it was being published serially, because each part was coming out, and then I could sort of see what people's responses to that were, um, there were a few times where I realized that I hadn't necessarily explained something sufficiently well um, in a previous part, and I sort of had to revisit that. Um, Like, for example, there were people who uh, got through Cool War and didn't necessarily understand or recognize that Pico Wilson and Reese DeChamp were brothers, um, which was something where I was like, okay, maybe let's let's try and figure out a way to make that more explicit. Um, so it, it's it's kind of a compromise between needing enough long-term vision to be able to sustain a story over that duration, but then also on the short term being able to improvise enough that it remains enjoyable and engaging for me to be writing it. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Interesting. Um, okay, where did the anomalous walrus f- come from in insufficient clearance? I know you know, you cannot hide the truth from me. So the anomalous walrus is actually um, SCP-178265. Uh, um, and it broke out of containment due to reasons. 178265? Yep, yep. It's definitely a real one that you can go onto the wiki and check out and i definitely haven't just made it up yeah yeah my, that's my favorite that's my favorite uh, uh that's my favorite scp from ta- from a uh, series 179 yes i like that one a lot yeah, yeah. very me, good one me too very and, good and one. that's why i included it yeah okay well fair fair enough fair enough good one can you tell me about your inspiration for some of the characters in the cool war i'll go through and explain a few of them so ruiz 
one, one of your questions here. Is Ruiz a reference to Marcel Duchamp? Yes. Um, and Ruiz is actually one of the middle names of um, Pablo Picasso. So Ruiz and Duchamp are both references to famous artists, so that was very much intentional. Mm -hmm. um, I will say that Pico Wilson, uh, Pico, other than meaning, you know, small, and also in part that was referencing a character from Newgrounds created by Tom Thorpe, uh, Pico, who was kind of the um, kind of the mascot for the website um, from a game called Pico's School, which was relatively violent um, and relatively... <laughs> Just a little bit. A, li a little bit, a little bit. Definitely very violent for the time. Overgang Dude, if you chuck his name into Google Translate, you will find out what his name means. It means Overcome Death. Uh, Melanoma oh. on the Asshole of Existence is a character who had already existed. Joey Tamlin um, was a reference to... Um, there was a particular SCP which I decided retroactively had been created by Overgang Dude. Um, it's also entirely possible that I'm mispronouncing Dude, which should be Daud or something, because I think it's German. Um, but I also don't care, um, and neither would he, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> so I, I think there was a SCP which I decided had been created by Overgang Dude retroactively and in that SCP there was the thanks for Joey who taught me to be cool so when I wrote Joey in he was supposed to be that Joey um, ba, 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 that does ba. actually sound really familiar yeah I'm sure it's there somewhere um, ba, 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 ba. yeah I mean the other names for the most part I just came up with I will say the builder being named Bob was a reference to uh, the esteemed <laughs> character bob the builder um, it took me four years to figure that out <laughs> um, i oh my gosh i when i when i made that distinction i like oh that was a moment yep there's there's some little bits in there um, bob the builder uh, i do actually want to ask you about i think probably one of my favorite parts of the cool war is the thing between agent green and agent tangerine and how that all goes which i won't say here because you should go read it yourself uh, person who was listening to this, not you, the author who I'm talking to. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I mean, just to refresh my record. memory, I should, but... <laughs> um, what, is, what was your inspiration for for both of them? Were they, like, already pre-existing characters? I think Agent Green was, right? No, no, he wasn't. Both were both were original characters of mine. Um, oh. So, so the, uh, the, the concept with the naming of both of those was that both of them were ex- uh, members of the Global Occult Coalition. So some of the work which had predated that had um, the GOC referenced threats according to different colors. So it was like threat level green, threat level orange, threat level yada yada yada. And so the idea that each area would have their own agent specifically assigned to deal with different kinds of threats um, so there would be, for example, an Agent Green who would be assigned to dealing with green-type threats for the Global Occult Coalition. Um, however, they did not have Agent Orange because Agent Orange is a uh, existing uh, deforestation slash nerve agent which was used in the Vietnam War. So they did not want people going <laughs> around referring to themselves as Agent Orange, which is why Agent Tangerine, Tangerines are a type of orange. 
Um, and one of the uh, one of the components which I was intending to write of acid verse, mikan. Uh, mikan is the Japanese word for uh, um, uh, Mandarin orange. So oh. again, that that's it, it's all kind of referencing the uh, the oranges. So that 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 was kind of just a uh, an, another little joke that I had to myself. Interesting. Wow, I never had any idea. Okay. Looking back on the Cool War, how do you feel about it now? I probably would have made it twice as long, honestly. Really? Um, I feel as though... So th th this is one of the problems with writing an ensemble cast, is fundamentally you don't have that much time to provide characterizations for each of them. Um, and I feel as though there were many characters who I did not really do a particularly good job at characterizing. Um, people, readers seem to have sort of filled in the gaps for which I am appreciative. Um, but I, I, I think from my perspective, Cool War was relatively amateurish in that regard. Like characters would pop up and then it would sort of be a twist that they were related in certain ways. And there's a lot that I would have written differently, but at the same time, given the option between revisiting it and rewriting it and doing it differently versus doing something new, um, I, I think I find it more interesting to just keep moving forward and work on other things. Okay, interesting, interesting. It, it was definitely useful uh... to have done. It's useful to have finished it, um, insofar as I know that I can write a novel-length story and have it be at least relatively coherent and have it be at least relatively popular. Um, and in that regard, it's reassuring that it is something which I can do. But at the same time, I, I wouldn't consider it a, a great work of fiction by any any measure. I, I appreciate all those people who find it uh, you know, in, engaging and interesting and worth revisiting. Um, but personally, when I look at it, a lot of the time all I can think of is the things that I could have done differently and so in that regard I, I tend just not to think about it that much okay interesting interesting that makes sense then a little bit more about what the about the acid verse itself do you have plans for what the other parts of acid verse would have been about yes yes every single one um so let me pull up the Acidverse hub, which unfortunately has had all of the uh, all of the images that I created for all of them. So each each of them, if you visit the Acidverse hub now, there are no images. There used to be images. However, I created those images ages ago and could not find the source images for them. And so when the licensing team said, "Hey, prove each of these is fine," I was like, "I don't know where I got any of them." Oh, that's rough. So they had to go. Alright, so Cool War is Cool War. Subversion was going to look at the Chaos Insurgency. Mikan was going to look at um, the Global Occult Coalition. So that's the story of Agent Green and um, Tangerine before they join the Foundation. So that's their work at, as part of the GOC. And then that, that one is in two acts. So a, a component of uh, the acid verse is that I was also wanting to explore different story structures. So the Cool War happened in three acts, Subversion was going to happen in four, Mikan was two, Wills and Ways was five. And so Cool War is three acts of seven, Subversion was going to be four acts of six, Mikan was going to be two acts of nine. Um, and so each of the 
numbers of acts um, plus the number of stories in each act would add up to 10. So Wills and Ways is a five-act one, which means that each one of those acts has five stories associated with it and then a uh, intermission in between all of them. So there was a, uh, a structural plan there in terms of the way that I was going to write them. Um, so Subversion was going to be Chaos, Insurgency, Mikan. The first act was going to be GOC. The second act was going to be looking at what Tangerine does um, after he becomes, spoiler alert, nobody in Cool War. Um, and it would explore his battle against Zachary Callahan, who uh, is sort of like a, a dream entity. Uh, Wills and Ways was just sort of exploring uh, the legacy members of Marshall Carter and Dark being killed off and seeing them pass the batons to their younger counterparts. A and full... you did write the first act for that one, which is very, very good, IMO. Thank you. Um, so yeah, it, it was sort of going to explore them restructuring things. Um, the people who inherit Marshall Carter and Dark would sort of be forced into it by like blood magic agreements and stuff. So it's like going from Marshall Cutter and Dark is entirely capitalistic, hubristic, crazy, or whatever, and then going down to, okay, we have to be good capitalists because if we don't, genuinely horrendous things are going to happen. So it's like, we're going to do awful things because if we don't do these awful things, there will be even worse consequences. Um, so that was something that I was intending to explore there. Um, a Fuller Life is uh, Fuller's Circus or whatever. I forget what the proper name is. Fractured Horizon was going to be the Horizon Initiative um, sort of looking at religion. True Wonder was going to be a Wondertainment one. Androids and Automata was going to be um, Anderson's Robotics. And then Time was going to sort of wrap everything together. Um, so there were definitely elements there where I was intending to touch on uh, at the time, that was pretty much all the groups of interest. There have certainly been other ones that have popped up since I... Uh, since I sort of sat down and decided to plot the whole thing out. Um, but broadly speaking, there are elements which would have popped up. Um, so in, in Subversion, the uh, the head of the Chaos Insurgency was going to meet up with Iris Dark and Wills and Ways, and there were all these sorts of horrendous braids and knots and things, and it just, yeah. It was definitely biting off more than I could chew which is a major component mm -hmm. of why it is pretty much abandoned. Yeah, understandable. That is a... That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Crazy amount. Okay. Um, let's skip those two questions. Oh, yeah. Why did you write the Minions Day at the SCP? Why? Who <laughs> hurt you, and why are you taking it out on me? Uh, so, so the, the, the Minions Day at the SCP... Genuinely, I I am incredibly proud. Actually, going back to your question about which, what I'm most proud of writing, non-ironically, probably the Minions Day at the SCP. Like, I am so freaking proud of that story. Um, just because it is so absurd and stupid, and the whole thing, at every level, is a joke that went too far. Um, so the, the Minions Day at the SCP... Um, Man, this is going to be even harder to explain than Cool War. Um, is a uh, is a narrative uh, interactive fiction work where the uh, the reader portrays a minion on their first day working at the foundation. Um, there are many challenges that they face, uh, many many deep consequences of their actions, um, and 
apparently it gave licensing team an enormous headache when they had to replace all of the definitely Creative Commons violating images which had been on it with other images. <laughs> um, so it has, again, licensing team has extensively edited that one. Um, but they've done a decent job at replacing it. But, yeah, okay. I mean, it, it is what it is. It speaks for itself. Actually, no, it doesn't speak for <laughs> itself anymore, because even the music got hit by licensing team. Uh, so it doesn't speak for itself at all. Oh, but okay. In, in its original form, it was perfect. It was too good for this world. Is the original form still up on your sandbox? Oh, no, no, I don't think so. Ah, oh, too bad. Archive.org okay, well... might, archive might have it or something, but I've got no clue. Okay, interesting. Very interesting. Very, what? Wow, what a terrible, terribly brilliant creation. Okay. Um, how do you feel about the current state of the wiki? I think it's fine. I'd say I'm not really around enough to to assess such things. Um, de definitely, I'd say yeah. that the the preferences have evolved. Like what I was saying before about how each SCP was kind of its own narrative gem. Um, I'd definitely say that that's something which isn't as true um scps have sort of become longer and larger and i i think that's possibly just a consequence of to remain unique after having already done several thousand stories you need to have more information um like if, if you wanted to write a story about a you know statue that did something very similar to scp-173 um, but you wanted to put your own spin on it the the process of putting your own spin on it is not something which can usually be um, narratively contained in short form, and so just o over time, it's not really surprising that the um, the the selective pressure has been on longer and longer stories. Um, I can't even necessarily say that it's to its detriment because there are definitely things that you can explore in longer form narratives, um, but I would say that it is becoming increasingly difficult to find a small self-contained gem of a story which can be conveyed, which is sufficiently distinct from everything that's come before. Um, so it, it's it's gotten harder. You've got to put more effort in. Um, I, I think that probably remains true. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Back, um... back when there were under a thousand of these things, you could, you know, half of series one was just random shit posts, and it was like, it was total garbage for every 173 <laughs> there's like 10 random pieces of junk like i don't know a fountain of youth or something i know that's one of them there were a lot of things in series one which they were self-contained but they did not sufficiently well capitalize on that narrative component right right yeah i there was like a great uh a great overhaul of scp series one a very long time ago where they just took a bunch of articles down that don't fit the standards yeah and uh, even still, even still, there are a few up there that, honestly, like, if you're getting into the SCP wiki, some people will tell you Series 1 is where to start, and you might think that because, like, you know, number one, that makes sense. But you're really better off going to the newer um, series because they're way more heavily moderated, and people have to try a lot harder, have to put a lot more work in. And I or, think that or just, just the, the top rated. I, th I think the top rated is probably one of the easiest ways to get into it. it it's also, also a very good idea. I, I will say that the SCPs, because they sit on those hubs which people will often just go through, um, it's a lot more difficult to find stories on the wiki. Um, the canons which got introduced made that slightly easier with regards to 
being places that people can go in and read stories around a certain thing. Same with the series archive, uh, where people have an entry point into it. That's something which wasn't really... There wasn't really anything like it before. Um, so it, it's definitely improved the discoverability of the the articles on the site. Yeah, definitely. Agreed. Okay, well, I think we are about at the point where we can start wrapping this up. It has been wonderful to have you. Ren, you, it has been it's been great to have you. Um, uh, one last question that I ask every guest at the end of the podcast. Do you have any advice for other creators out there? Mm. Who might be listening in? Nah. <laughs> has, has, any, has anyone said that yet? No. <laughs> but PSA did say that their advice was not to post doing your mom on Instagram where your mom follows you. <laughs> uh, th- there's, def- there's definitely a lot of things that I can say not to do. Um, <laughs> okay, all right. I, I, You'd be I the will... first. I, I might I might I might actually have some some decent advice despite everything. Um, <laughs> don't worry about being derivative. Everything is derivative. There is nothing new under the sun. But what you can do is package your own thoughts into a way that people might, you know, read or consume or watch or experience and enjoy and find some value in it. There doesn't need to be you know any individual amazing thing like when i look at my work when i look at my writing it isn't the best in any particular dimension but it's relatively unique in terms of what it does Mm -hmm. um it's it's fine to be derivative it's you know don't be ashamed of doing fan fiction don't be ashamed of you know writing stories which aren't amazing don't worry about everything being perfectly polished um, it is of much more benefit to actually do something and get it out there in the world than it is to worry about polishing something that might end up being a turd. Okay, yeah, wow. I completely agree with you there. That is some very good advice. Uh, do you know you can actually okay. polish a turd? Huh? You can, you, did you know you actually can polish a turd? There is a, a Japanese art of uh, polishing mud bowls and such. And I, I think I think Mythbusters did it, where they had like they polished a ball of actual excrement up to some particular number of reflectivity. So it is possible to Seriously. polish a turd, but you should not do so because it's a huge waste of time. <laughs> okay, interesting. That actually makes the that actually adds a lot to that saying, honestly. Mm. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Random and I. Um, Oh, you pronounced it correctly. People... You're my favorite podcast host now. Wait, I did pronounce it correctly? You did. Just then, you did. I'm proud oh, of you. Yes, let's go. Just, let's go. just like I every good story, again. there's been a great deal of personal growth. We've, we have, <laughs> uh, as as Joseph Campbell in The Hero with a Thousand Faces would put it, there's the component of the <laughs> podcast where the, uh, the interviewee adventures into the unknown, is asked a bunch of questions, and returns master of his domain. You now know exactly. how to pronounce Rendomone's name, and I'm proud of you. Thank you so much. I, I've learned I've learned so much. I've really grown as a result of these two hours. Alright. I truly will never be the same. Thank you so much for coming. Well, I, on. I, I I know you have because I've heard a lot of groans over the last two hours, so 
Yeah, the, you have, that was, you have uh, grown. That was my my growing pain, not just my regular pain. Mm. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for coming on. No probs. All right, bye everybody. Hey, thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Create Stuff Podcast. I'm so happy that you made it this far. I appreciate it a ton. I really hope you enjoyed listening to it. Uh, If you want to support the podcast, Patreon link is in the description. Just a dollar a month. Seriously, so helpful. And if you want to check out anything we mentioned in the podcast, especially randomized other works, I highly recommend you do. Links are in the description. And now I will, as I do at the end of all these episodes now, more of a more recent change, but I'm going to shout out just three things that some people I know who have been working on that I think are really cool. And this time we'll be, they'll be themed around the SCP wiki since that's what we were talking about today. The first one is Discovering SCP by Tanhoney and Darnell. Really, really cool podcast where they read out SCPs together. It is very fun. I had them on SCP Authors Anomalous and it was such a great episode. They were so, so fun to talk to. And their podcast is great. I really highly recommend it. Link is in the description. Second thing, I recently had a guest on SCP Authors Anomalous named Dr. Whitney, who made me some really, really cool fan art. Uh, and I wanted to recommend you check out their comic series. It is, uh, they have multiple, but I oh, I would specifically recommend Day Trip because it's my personal favorite. Link is in the description. It is on the SCP Wiki site and based around the SCP Foundation, of course. It is super, super cool. Go check it out. Go give it a read. It's, it's a bit long, but you will not regret it. And the last thing I will recommend. <laughs> so you may notice if you're a fan of the Dream SMP uh, and you follow a lot of animatic people, that there's a recent little, uh, little thing going around called Tommyinit.exe. Um... I don't know what that is or why it exists, but it's there. Uh, and honestly, I, okay, I'm not gonna lie. I've, almost every single person I've had on my podcast has made one of these things. I'm deathly afraid of it. And I think you guys should go check it out so you can feel my fear. Uh, I will ring, link to the original by Bakuzla in the description and you are free to find the others as you go about it. I think Kazoo made one, MKJ made one. Like, oh God, it's insane. It's, it's, uh, uh, uh. Uh, links in the description. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for watching the podcast, listening to the podcast, rather. Uh, I appreciate it a ton. Please like, comment, and subscribe. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a, leave a rating of any type. Um, and if you're on Spotify, give me a follow. Thank you all so much for coming. I appreciate it a ton. And I will see you next time. Oh, you know what? I'll actually give you a little announcement. Um, I'm going to talk about this more soon, but I think once I reach episode 15, I'm going to start the second season of the Create Stuff podcast, because I just want that to mark kind of uh, a change in the audio quality of the whole podcast of, of, and its quality in general because I really want to improve it and I think it would be kind of nice to tie things up like that but uh, yeah you can expect an update video about that very very soon maybe after I've actually done the 15th episode but yeah thank you so much for watching and I'll see you guys next time